Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's great to see you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. You're on for another morning show right here on the podcast that's taking over YouTube. Get Up With God live in the morning. I've got six points right here at 6 a.m. for you this morning. It's going to be a great episode. Today we're talking about Jesus and the power of faith that he gave to us and what faith can do for you, how to walk in faith in your life, how the ability of faith can uh, can stir you up to accomplish things that you never thought you could accomplish in life and relying on the ability of God in your life and what Jesus did to give that to us while we walk here today. He set the tone. He set the and he paved the road for us to be able to walk in faith. I'm going to encourage you this morning. It's going to be powerful. Grab a Bible, grab a notepad, maybe take some notes down. I've got six points for you. They're going to come right up on the screen so that you can take notes and participate in it. But it's going to be powerful today. Point number one, as we get into how to walk in faith, point number one, let's get into this. Number one is God operates in existence by faith. God's existence is operating in faith as well. Everything God does operates by faith. There's not a single thing that God has done or God will ever do that does not start with the root of faith from the beginning of time. He starts where things do not exist. When he created the heavens, when he created the earth, think about this. When God stopped and looked around existence of what he created in heaven, he looked to the void and created the earth out of nothing. It it didn't come from nothing. It came from within him. But where there was nothing, he spoke and created something. This is how God operates. In his existence operates faith. Turn with me in the book of Numbers. So this is one important thing. Well, let's go to Hebrews 6. Let's go to Hebrews 6. I've got numbers down as a reference, but I'd rather just read out of Hebrews for time's sake. Hebrews chapter 6. For reference, though, you can read uh, uh, the book of Numbers chapter 23, and in that... Uh, that the the prophecy and that goes over this same particular thing, but Numbers chapter twenty three verse eighteen is a specific reference. But you can go to Hebrews chapter six and in the eighteenth verse is where I want to read out of for this particular one. Well, let's start in verse thirteen. Hebrews chapter six verse thirteen. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. There was no one greater. He knew, God knew when he spoke to Abraham and made a commitment to Abraham that there was no one greater that could make a commitment other than himself. So he had to base his commitment on him because he's never failed. There's nothing he's ever missed. We're going to go into that in point number two in just a second. Verse 14 saying, surely blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. This was the promise to Abraham. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for men, men indeed swear by the greater, meaning we make our commitment based on the greater thing so that people can believe our commitment to them. If we want to say we commit to something, we'll base it on something that's greater than what we have when our own ability. So they have confidence in what we can do. But there's no one greater than God, so God swore on himself. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God 
to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled to refuge to lay hold of the hope that was set before us. But I want to, I want you to pay attention to this verse 18 that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. God is, he is faith. He is the source of where faith comes from. The Bible says that he's given us a, a measure, the measure of faith to be able to have and, and believe in the way that we do. But listen to this, where it says God cannot lie. And there's a couple references I can give on that. And like I said, go back to numbers and read that. Even in uh, Titus, actually, Titus chapter one and two, another reference, God cannot lie. But But think about this. It is impossible for God to say something and it be a lie, it not be true. Why is that? When God speaks his word, when he says something, it's impossible for that thing to, to be untrue because as soon as it's spoken, the reality of that comes to pass. He can't lie because when he speaks, it happens. He can't lie because when his word comes out of his mouth, the reality of the substance of what he's saying sh shoots forward into existence like the planets, like the earth, like the trees, like the waters, like everything you see on this planet. As soon as his words came out of his mouth, those things came into came into existence. And here's here's think about this. This is kind of off topic, but I can't get off this God operating in existence by faith. This is how he lives. This is how his existence is. When he speaks, it comes to pass because it's within him. That's what faith is. Faith is within you. It's a belief of something to come to pass. And when God speaks, that thing happens. Think about when he created the heavens and the earth. And we read in Genesis, you can go back and read this, but for time's sake, Genesis one, he, he didn't say, um, trees be, he said, let there be light. Let there be, because the light was existing with inside of him. The, 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 the trees and the earth and the animals and the beasts of the earth and the dirt and the mountains were existing inside of him. And when his word spoke, when he spoke the word, let there be, he was allowing it to go forward. He wasn't, it wasn't being formed, formed out of nothing. It was inside of him faith and confidence for what to happen for what was going to happen was inside of him. My pastor has been teaching us this for many years, but he, he has taught us that the image of a thing that you believe is within you and your words, as you confess. And as you speak, second Corinthians chapter four tells us that this hope, this confidence and faith that we have when we believe our words back up what's in our belief. So the words that come out of our mouth push forward what, what the image is that's on the inside of us. And he has been challenging, challenging us through the year of 2023. And as we move forward at the time of this recording, that this is, we're not in 2024 yet. We're right here at the end of the year. We're about to have Thanksgiving and Christmas at the time of, that we're doing this live broadcast. But the year to come, he wants us to see things before they happen. So get the image in your mind. Get the thing in your heart. Begin to believe and begin to see. What's going to happen? What's going to come to pass? And as you see those things inside and you begin to speak them out, you're going to begin to see them come to pass in your life. And this is what God has done. This is the example that God set for us. Point number two, point number two is that, uh, the, my uh, point's not coming up. Point number two is that 
God has, our ability to have confidence in God is based on God's ability. God has set within us the ability um, for us to believe what's going to come to pass or what the thing is that's going to happen based on his ability, not on our own ability to make it happen, not on our own ability to figure out what needs to be done to get the right things in place. Our ability or, or our ability to have confidence in God is based on God's ability. Turn with me into second Chronicles. Turn with me into to second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Quickly, quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 20. In verse 17, I believe that's the verse I want to go to. Verse 17 says, you, you, you will, will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So the Lord's ability that we have seen accomplished in things. Read through. Go back in my on my YouTube page. I have a, a playlist that has, a, that has a, a faith, I guess, faith record or chapters of Hebrews 11 and all of the stories of the people that had major encounters with success because of their faith and confidence in God's ability. This, those, that series, those different teachings will empower you, will, will just strengthen your mind to, uh, just enlarge your territory and move forward and do things because of God's ability and what he has done. Listen to this in John 16, new Testament. Now back to the new Testament, John chapter 16, God's ability is what we base our faith upon, the ability of God. John chapter 16 and 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's our Savior. That's our Jesus. He overcame the obstacles of this world, any sin, any temptation, any obstacles, any uh, uh, um, counterintuitiveness to the blessing of God, he overcame it. He destroyed the, the reality that we can't win. That reality is no longer. We have the ability to overcome because we see that he has overcome. Point number three now. Point number three. Faith is seen as reality to God. Now, this is an important point. This is extremely important. I want you to turn to Mark 11. Mark 11. Uh, faith to God is not seen as a fictitious hope. I think that's what a lot of Christians believe, is that faith is a fictitious hoping and a fictitious, or hope's a bad word. Because not Hope itself is not a bad word, but in my the context I'm using it, I don't like that word hope because that's not what I mean. Because hope is like hope is like on a, being on a stranded island and you see a boat coming towards the island. You're stranded on a deserted island and you see a boat coming towards you. That's hope. There's hope there. That's not faith because you see it. You can't see faith yet. Faith comes from in here, something, an image that you see on the inside, but you can't physically see it yet. Hope is I see it. It's coming. It's here. It's on its way. I have hope. It's coming. 
That's a, that's like a that's like a, a, a an example of what hope would be. You know that there's a boat coming to rescue you. It, what I'm trying to say is, uh, a lot of people have diminished faith to like a hopeful or a wish, like a a lottery ticket. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get the right numbers. Maybe I won't. You probably won't. But maybe I'll get something out of this. I don't know. A scratch off ticket at the gas station. Maybe I'll win something or win my money back or win a free hot dog at 7-Eleven. That's a wish. That's not a confident expectation that this will come to pass. And a lot of people have diminished faith into that. So when you have conversations with them, and you talk about things that they're believing for, they almost have to like be careful how they talk and how they communicate because they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to, I don't want to say, say it the wrong way, or I don't want to talk the wrong talk because, because they almost let it slip out because I really don't believe that I'm going to get the thing that I'm believing for. That's the reality of it. Weak Christianity over the years has produced weak faith in people. We need extreme Christianity, people that they dive into God. They don't abandon just a part of their life. They abandon everything and anything that God allows back into their life, they're thankful for. But you give everything up to be surrendered to God, and that produces a faith, that produces a confidence in God that you couldn't have before because you've seen the ability. You've seen too many good things come to pass in your life. You've seen too many good things happen for other people. You've seen too many good things happen for God not to do it for you, to not trust his ability. That's what faith is based upon. And God sees faith as reality. He doesn't see it as a fictitious hope. He doesn't see it as a fictitious wish or lottery like a lot of Christians do. He sees it as reality. When you have faith, that's a reality. That thing comes to pass. Mark 11. Are you there yet? Turn to Mark 11. I know I'm preaching. I'm just excited. I've got a lot on my mind and I'm, I just want to get this faith, uh, you know, uh, my pastor's been stirring us up. Uh, this is why you need a pastor. I don't want to go on tangents. I have a soapbox, but it's, this is why you need a pastor. So many people are so ignorant. I see so many people comment on my YouTube pages, on my Facebook, on my Instagram. They comment these things and it's so ignorant. They don't understand because they haven't been taught. They base they find a, a good analysis and a, hype, a hypothesis based on something that they've built, some type of head knowledge that they've built on the word of God, and they don't have anybody helping them rightly divide the truth. But that's why you need a pastor. That's why you need a five-fold minister to help you div- rightly divide this word so that you can be empowered by it and not confused by it. But my pastor has been stirring us up about faith and seeing the, the things that are co- to come to pass. And the fact that when, when I started to think think and study and meditate on these things, I begin to understand that God doesn't see what we're believing for as a hopeful wish. He sees it as reality. He sees it as the truth is, this is what's happening. I'm, I'm producing, it's already been released and produced and he doesn't see in a fictitious world. He sees in the spirit that's coming forth to be made manifest in reality. It's going to come, come to pass here on in the natural very soon. He's not caught up with that. We can't see it. He can see it. Um, Mark eleven twenty two. 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, this is right after Jesus spoke to the fig tree and they saw that fig tree die. And it wasn't a, a, a miracle, miraculous experience that this tree had died, but he wanted to, Jesus wanted to take his disciples aside and give them a lesson in the importance of seeing past what you can see in front of you. 
and being of the mind that when you speak something, when you say something, it happens. He said to them, have faith in God. Verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But what does he have to do after he does not doubt in his heart? If he does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's not limited to to destroying a fig tree. This is expanded to anything that you can believe God for. This isn't name it and claim it. This is believe it, speak it, and receive it. Anything that you can believe and speak, it will come to pass, and God sees that as a reality. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, So we, by the instruction of Jesus, should be asking for things when we pray. There's a time for fellowship with God. There's a time, you know, (laughs) there was a, I don't want to get, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I had a, I had an interaction this past week with people and they, they, they just took it upon themselves to uh, have this time with the Lord and, and we had already had some time with the Lord in our meeting that we were having. And I went up to them. I said, I said, was the, the initial time not good enough? Do we need to extend that on into your own thing instead of, and not participate with what everybody's doing? And you had to go break away and do your own thing. And they're like, I never thought of it that way, but here's the deal. There's a time to pray and just seek God and have fellowship and worship with God and praise God and, and exalt him and pay attention to him. And, uh, that there's always time for that. But there's also a time within that, that you take time and ask God for things that you need for your life. That's not my opinion. That's not something I'm thinking. This is what Jesus, he wouldn't have said whoever. He wouldn't have said anyone. He, he would have directed it to his disciples if that wasn't for us today. He would have said, have faith in God. For I say, for I say unto you, if my disciples say to this mountain, be thou removed. That's not what he said. He's, if he said, you guys, if you guys said unto this mountain, no, understand literature, understand the, 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 uh, the context of what he's saying. Whoever says to this mountain, that includes you, that includes me. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Anything you ask when you pray, you believe it, you'll receive it. So point number three, like we said, faith is seen as a reality to God. Let's go to point number four. Point number four is it takes believing and stepping forward to progress. Now That may sound counterintuitive and like, well, obviously, Dylan, but the reality is when you take a step of faith, as you begin to uh, take on the responsibility of believing for the next thing in your life, the steps that you take make progress in your life. And it's important that you begin to take these steps. You begin to step out even when it's unknown. One of my favorite quotes is uh, from a, from a, a woman named Lillian Yeomans. She had a book and I read this quote from it that said, God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. It's a powerful phrase. There's a there's a power in you moving forward with something that you believe. It's one thing to believe it and to see it and within yourself and say, 
I don't mean tangibly see it where you can like physically see it. I mean, there's, it's one thing to believe it and, and see it within your mind's eye and see the reality of the thing coming to pass and within your imagination. It's that's one thing and having faith that God can do it. That's one thing. It's a whole separate thing. It's a whole nother thing to believe it, receive it and step out and move towards it. That's a whole different discussion. That's a whole different level. You you believe that you've received, you've prayed and asked God, you've done the proper things that show God that you believe and trust in his ability. Now you begin to move towards it. Well, how do I move towards it, Dylan? If you're like believing for something that costs money and you don't have money, you make preparation for it. That's good. That resonated with somebody. You make preparation for it. So in other words, if you're believing, you're stepping out in faith, you're moving forward in these things. And all of a sudden now, you, don't, you, you literally don't see it happening yet. But as we just said, it takes believing and stepping forward to make progress. You begin to make preparations for the thing that you're believing for because you know that you've got it. It becomes yours. It becomes reality to you. So you begin to make preparation for the thing that you're believing for, no matter what it is. What if it's a car? What if it's a home? What if it's a spouse? You know, believe, there's, there's people that are believing for a husband, believing for a wife right now in their life. Yet their life doesn't show to the world or even to God that they are expecting a spouse to come into their life at this moment. You know, what if you were, what if your husband, what if your future husband, your future wife were to step into your life today in these next 12 to 14 hours? What if they were to step into your life today? Would you be prepared to receive them into your life? Today, they meet you, you fall in love, and that's the person you're going to spend eternity with. Are you prepared? Are you in the condition to have and receive a spouse in your life? Well, I, I, you know, once I find someone, then I'll, See, there's a, there's a stepping forward in faith that believes that the thing is going to happen, that you've received the reality of it. You see the image of it on the inside of you. You believe the steps are going to, are going to move forward. Now you begin to make preparation. Now you begin to actually walk out the thing that you believe. Point number five, we got to wrap up with this. Well, these next two points, point number five, one step brings faith for the next step. One faith, or I'm sorry, well, you could say it like that. One faith step brings faith for the next step. So many people want to wait until they see a thing happen. But when you begin to make preparation, when you begin to turn with me as we close with this, uh, point number six, we're going to go to in a second, second Corinthians chapter four, turn with me there for time's sake, second Corinthians chapter four. But so many people want to wait until they see things moving in the direction that they want it to go to, or they need it to go to before they begin to take steps. But I'm, I'm here to tell you point number five, one step of faith gives you faith and confidence for the next step. And before you know it, you're move, you're walking towards this thing. And before you know it, you're going to be walking in this thing and you're going to need to have faith for it to grow and for it to get better and for it to get bigger. Every faith step that you take takes a, a, an ability or, or brings an ability on you for the faith for the next step. It gives you confidence that in the next step, things are going to happen the right way. Point number six, we're closing with this. Point number six. Look at what is to come. This will help you in your progress. Look at what is to come. Second Corinthians chapter four, start in verse 18. 
while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So powerful, this phrase is, look not at the things which are seen. So how do you look at not something seen with eyes that see things that exist? You have to look with a imaginative, spiritual eye. It's not a fake unicorn cloud leprechaun world. There is a spiritual eye that you see through. There is a spiritual awakeness that you've had once you've received Jesus. The Bible says we have become brand new creatures. So now you have a spiritual open, an eye that's been opened now to the unseen world that you can see what is to come. See the future of what you're believing for before you actually see it. Take the step of faith. Move forward. I hope this helped you this morning. This has been a blessing to me, and I hope it encouraged you. But be sure to subscribe on my YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Hit that subscribe button, and then hit the notification bell. There's a little bell icon. Hit that icon, and it'll notify you when we go live so you don't have to get emails and all these different things or or set reminders. You can be notified every time we go live right here on YouTube. But I hope this blessed you. Be sure to share this with somebody. Hit the like button as well, and do the help of the algorithm to get this out to other people. But I love you. Have a great Thanksgiving. If you're watching this live, have a great Thanksgiving this week. I know we got a small crowd today. It's a shorter week but today's the last episode for the week yesterday today depending on when you're watching this but this is live right now we are ending the 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 show for the week enjoy your thanksgiving enjoy your family and i'll see you next week on our live broadcast love you so much be blessed bye-bye